Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Are you currently negotiating property or children's matters? Follow these five steps on our proven pathway to an agreement. Welcome, Mum. Thanks for coming Hello, today. Hello, Laura. How are you? Hello, everyone. Good, thank you. So today, Mum, we're going to be talking about negotiating, mm. and this can be for property or parenting matters, and you've, you've, you've highlighted these five easy steps. I guess it's technically not easy, <laughs> but a, a way to, okay, if, you, if you're butting heads and nobody can come to that agreement, this is a way that you've used in the past in mediation yeah. process, haven't you, to, to kind of get over the hurdles of the disagreement and get to that final agreement and when you talked to me about these and you and we and we've outlined them I was like oh that makes heaps of sense so if you're listening today you're driving in your car or cleaning the house or whatever it is that you're doing uh, these steps that mum listed out to me just at the just on the top of her head uh, are impressive and if you follow them it, it is a proven pathway you can get to that nego- agreement and stop butting heads and ramming your head against a wall trying to trying to do the same thing over and over again in your negotiations. So, Mum, talk us through the five steps, but how did you learn about them and, and why are they so helpful? Uh, so, thank you, Laura. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we can say everyone will get to agreement, but if it's possible to settle your matter, you will. Um, yes, so yes, I, learned, I learned this um, back in 1994, actually, gosh, uh, when I was um, I learned, first trained as a mediator, and that's what a mediator does, these, these four, five steps, and I've applied them consistently through my career, both as a um, representing a party and in the mediation room, even negotiating outside the court door or by correspondence, and, and it is... Um, to me, it's comforting to know that you are on a pathway. So when you feel like you're not getting anywhere or you get a rejection of your offer, uh, with these steps, I go, okay, well, that's where we're at now. Now I've got the next step to do. So I think people will, um, people who appreciate, uh, a, I guess, a, a guidance or appreciate an overview of the process will appreciate that when they're down in the dumps and they get yet another rejection that there's a next step they can take and another. Okay. And the the beauty of, as we've always talked about, you've talked about the court conveyor mm. belt and it's moving along uh, if, if anyone's in court, but even if you're not in court, it's, it's all about trying to find a solution and that constant negotiation, uh, always saying, well, what about this? Why don't we try this? Can we try this? So it's, it's all about trying and not just sitting back and hoping somehow it will all solve itself. And remember, yeah. all of your negotiations uh, are confidential. So if you're trying to settle it, um, mark your letter without prejudice or if, if it's in the uh, mediation, you can make offers that they no one can put in front of the judge later and say, oh, but by back in May, she was going to do this. No, it's confidential. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can confidently try to settle it like crazy, um, even while, the, mm-hmm. like you say, the court conveyor belt is tripping along. You could be like one of those ducks 
um, their feet are going crazy underneath the water trying to find an answer. So some of our listeners might not be in the court Mm. process yet and hopefully by using these strategies they will avoid the court process Mm. altogether Um, and some of our people are in the court process they can still use these strategies because in the end the whole point of court or not in court is to just get an an agreement. So let's talk about uh, step number one and it is as simple as identifying the issues. So if our listener today they're they're arguing about uh, like something in the parenting plan or they're arguing about property split uh, how does someone identify the issues? The the way to identify the issue is to take away everything that isn't an issue. If you both agree someone's going to get the house or if you both agree it's going to be 50-50 parenting, um, well, then you don't have to debate that. So keep drilling down and find mm. the areas that you are a part on. It might be who gets the the um, four-wheel drive or it might be um, – how, how are we going to manage our son's birthdays each year? Things like that. So just keep drilling down. You don't need to waste your time negotiating stuff that is sort of, uh, is kind of tacitly understood between you both as going to happen. Okay. And so you're looking mm, down mm. for the things that are in dispute. Um, sometimes everything's in dispute, but actually it's not. So, uh, for instance, there's some things that naturally in property should go to one person rather than the other. So if you, um, if some of our listeners, uh, perhaps if you make jewellery at home or you do, um, you, you do other hairdressing at home, well, obviously all of that equipment should go to you. And if your ex is someone who's been tinkering on cars and there's junk in your backyard that he thinks is wonderful, obviously that goes to him. And, <laughs> and you, you just, Keep sorting and, like, if you've got kids, you'll know. If you're dividing up stuff between kids, it's the same as dividing your property and, frankly, it's the same as sharing a, a child is the same. You keep you keep doing it until there's the, the fight over the last little bits and that's how you identify the issues. Mm. And those are the bits that are the blocks that are stopping you settling. I guess, I guess in a way you can go, all right, well, what is it that we yes. agree on? And, and that in a way is, is part of helping a negotiation because you're getting to a, yes, we do actually agree on this and we agree on this yes. and we agree on this. Oh, this is what yeah. we don't agree on. So I guess you could write a list of everything that you want to happen in your property or in your parenting. If they've given you a list of everything mm-hmm. they want and then yeah. compare it and go, what's, what's, and not you matching? might have to drill yes. through their, like they may send really long emails and you'd have to look through. There might not be a person who goes, I want this, 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 and this. It might be filtered throughout their, their story. Um, we were taught with mediation and I've always loved this idea is there's a, um, a process where people get used to saying yes and they get used to saying we agree. And sometimes the only thing mm. you could get them to jolly agree on <laughs> was perhaps the day of the week or that they both wanted their children to be happy and healthy, whatever it was. I used to write that up on the board as a beginning of agreement. And then it does create the momentum for, and also Mm. for an agreement ultimately. Also to don't go in to the negotiation or send your first letter zooming in on the stuff that there's going to be an argument over. So always start your letters Mm. or emails with the stuff that's agreed and then that kind yes. of sets the tone. 
Okay. So if you're negotiating in a mediation, then obviously you'll have someone to guide you. But if you're negotiating via letter or email or just through discussion, then make sure, yes, when you're identifying the issues, you also identify at the first bit. These are what we already agree on. Isn't this nice? Everything's working out great. (laughs) Then step two, mum, because obviously identifying the issues probably is pretty easy for everybody. Like, let's be fair. Like, you'll be aware of when there's a bit of a fight with the children's parenting plan mm. or when there's uh, when someone's getting really angry because something with property. So, okay, identify your issues. Then step two is comparing positions. Mm. What does okay, that mean? So I like to – I don't like people to have positions when they're mediating because you should try to be very flexible. But let's face it, deep down we all have – kind of that non-negotiable stuck point, okay? And and mm. if the other person's stuck point non-negotiable is the same, then you're not going to do uh, – uh, sorry, you're just going to have to look at those and have a look at the positions. And it might be as simple as I want uh, to have my sons for their birthday every year um, and the other person might say, well, I, I want my sons for the birthdays every year. Okay, this is a simple one. So obviously you look at positions. Mm. Again, it's like kind of when you're referee between kids, what would you do? Oh, well, mm. let's share. How about you do it this time and then you can do it this time or find a way of breaking mm. it up. So so kind of compare what your different positions are. I would suggest writing them down and leaving, if you okay. do it in three columns, head up one my position and the other head up the then leave the second one blank and then put a third column with their position so that somewhere in the middle you can reach agreement if it's a simple thing like oh Uh i want fifty thousand dollars and he says or she says i don't want to give you more than thirty thousand dollars well then it's obvious isn't it what the solution might be and you'd write that in the middle it might be that you agree because of the cost of going to court and the drama, you'll accept 40 or 45, you know, so you take that middle ground. Okay. So it's really to, to just because you're getting a little bit oh, ahead sorry. of the so <laughs> just comparing positions. So you're literally suggesting people get a piece of paper and do three columns. The top column is my position, their and then the third, the second column, the third column is their position, and then the middle column is the solution. It's the middle ground, yeah. And you literally go and write down. Okay, I want to do handover at ten a.m. She wants to do handover at three p.m. Mm. And then hope. Uh, so then you've got those positions there. So it's very mm. clear because I guess when people are negotiating going through divorce, it's not it's clear. Like a, it's all yes. a big mess. It's a big mush and you get, you might get really upset about something. And instead of solving just each mm-hmm. little bit of every little disagreement, you're just angry and upset yeah. about everything and nothing ever gets solved. That's the way. Is that, is that That's why, why it's, it's a, a good idea to make oh, it clear? It's a good idea. But also, look, we make lists for everything, I think. I, I mean, if you're going on holidays, you'll make a list. If you're buying a house, you might list pros and cons if you're looking for property. Um, and this is something that's important. You need to see it in writing. Uh, and, and it, it just, it, it allows you then to just focus on those points. And I would suggest you number them, um, clearly number them. I'm hoping for my, my poor old, our listeners sake that there's not too many, but if there's 15 yes. points, number them one to 15 so that and then start working through. It's like untying a really big knot. Just, you know, how if you've got a big mm. knot in something, you start, find one end and start working on it. 
and that's what you do. Um, it might be that you choose the easier ones first to deal with first. So don't put them in any particular order. Um, just put whatever you can, as you think of them, put them down and then perhaps have a look and say which ones where we're the closest and then work on that first. So try and working on each little issue, whittling it down so there's nothing. And again, like you've talked about in the past, if there's like maybe two issues that you just mm. cannot sort out, mediation doesn't work, negotiations doesn't work, then it might end up going to a judge and the judge choosing for yep. you. Or an arbitrator. Or an arbitrator. That's right. Okay. So identify the issues, compare the positions, make it super yes. clear. So pull it out of your brain, put it down on paper. So if anybody actually, if you did go see a lawyer, you could say, here's yep. the issues. There's their position. This is my position. All right. Step three is finding the common interest or finding mm, the reason. Mm. Is this if the, you've compared the positions, you still can't come to yep. a solution? This finding the reason, what does that mean? Find out what's driving. So you'll have sent your other party, um, what you think the other person, your list, uh, even a screenshot or Word doc or whatever, and say, look, I think this is where we're at. Mm. And, you know, let's, let's think about some solutions. Often when people take a stand, take a position on something, um, there's a reason mm. for it. Like, um, if, uh, someone wants, uh, the piano, okay, um, the, the reason might be it's come from a family member and passed down or it might be that they harbour a dream of learning the piano or, or something. Just find out what it is that they want to do with that item and see if there isn't a way of, of solving that um, for them or even once you know why, you might be happy to give that up. And, and you need to give your reasons. If there's an event that always happens that you love to take your children to, um, at Christmas, um, and it's it's not they're putting up a position that excludes that. Um, maybe if you explain why you want them for this particular thing, maybe you used to go with your grandma when you were little, and it's really important to you. So so just try and find what the reasons. Are. Sometimes people um, argue black and blue over um, I don't know contents of a shed or something, or 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 they're super, but but. You need to know why they are, and it might only be one or two things in the shed that they want. Like uh, one person might say, I want everything in the shed, and the other person goes, no, 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 you can't. And then when you drill down, you find out it's just one or two things that they want. You've identified the issues. You've put them in the little columns. You've compared the positions. You've got the middle column. You then looked at why can't we come to a solution and fill in that middle column. Maybe there's some other reason that's really holding them back and drilled down before we move on to what you've touched on which is step four workshopping is there is there any other ways that people could discover what is the reason other than just having a look in themselves what if they need to find out what the reason is and the roadblock is the x and they they don't know what it is and you don't like how do you solve that how do you get to that reason yep you, you mean know? looking to see if you've got the problem <laughs> yes. Which is always, it's always useful. Just double check that you're not being a little bit stubborn or why yes. you want it so badly. Um, but generally you've been married or with these people. If you're, if you're in property or negotiation or children's negotiations, you know these people. You might not like them anymore, but you know what makes them tick. So think about it. And one question I always use with my clients is, Okay, we can put this offer. 
what do you think they'll say about it or why do you think they they might do you think they might accept it or if not why do you think they won't oh well you know he's never going to agree to xxx or she'll never agree to any arrangement that doesn't involve um this you know so and then you go well why put mm. that proposal um if you know mm. it's not going mm. to settle um if you can't identify the reasoning behind put it to one side and and anything that you can agree on take the easy wins put them up with the agreed stuff and reduce the number of issues. If you can make the issues fewer, you can actually say to the court, we agree on all of this, is only these things that need to be debated. That'll save you a fortune if you have to go to court. But you can always send it to a, ask a mediator to help you with the ones you're stuck on or arbitration. But, yes, it's it's um, finding the reason just requires some thought and maybe a direct question. You know, it, what is it that happens between these two dates that's so important to you? Tell me if, if I understand, then I might be able to work mm. around it. I guess one of the things that you've talked about before is Christmas mm. sometimes is a stuck point for people. And you've said in the past, and we have done a podcast episode on mm. Christmas. If you haven't listened to that, go and listen to it. We did it last year. But you talked about how sometimes people are fighting over uh, this Christmas, but really it's when you drill down to the reason, finding the reason, step three, it might be Christmas yes. morning or the family always has a, a, a Christmas Eve dinner. So if you drill down, is it Christmas or is there something about Christmas? And I guess I do that with my children when they're like, I don't want to go and do that today. And you're like, well, why don't you want to go mm. do that? Oh, because I don't like it. But what is it that you don't like about it? I don't like X, Y, Z. Okay, well, let's not do that, but we'll yes. still go. So that's kind of the same, it is the same. attitude. I've come yeah. across it where people, they agree on everything, but they can't agree on which Christmas the children start having with each parent. One wants it to start in mm. odd years, one wants it to start in even years, and there's honestly not much magic in it, you'd think, and you'd think if you went mm. to the judge, he'd go, oh, for goodness sakes, and just write down something. But when um, I've drilled down, you find something like, oh, um, every second Christmas we all get together, or this year my family are coming up from Sydney, or something like that. So, mm. you know, just mm. it's it's hard work. Yep, you've got to figure it out. All right, so you've identified the issues, you've put your, your issues down, you've compared the positions, you've narrowed down the issues because you've come up with solutions for some of them by filling in the mm. middle column. You've got to step three, you've found the reason why someone isn't budging. Step four, workshopping your solutions till you yeah. find one. This is where you start going crazy, right? It, you don't, this is... <laughs> That's not, this is general advice only, don't go crazy. Don't advice only. Yeah. <laughs> this is the point where like the easy wins, you've had the easy wins. So mm -hmm. then, and once you've got their reasoning, you can start offering solutions, okay, to the other side. Yeah. But also yeah. um, just keep trying solutions, keep trying. Well, all right, what about if you we have the mutual alternate day through the Christmas period? That way they can see your parents and da-da-da-da. No, that's ridiculous. What about this? Oh, okay. And, and just consider all of the options. And it's a luxury that you'll have is that you can make a crazy answer. Well, how about you all, the kids come with Auntie Maureen and stay with me. 
just for morning, just for an hour and a half so we can open some presents, you know, that sort of thing. A judge is not going to make those sort of orders for you. Um, they will just make very clear-cut orders, either share Christmas Day or alternate Christmases. So this is your chance to try and accommodate each person's um, interests here, as, as long as they're genuine. So just to hold you up there, so people understand mm. what you mean, if you are doing a parenting agreement or consent orders, um, you can you can get away with it being more detailed and a bit more out of the mm. box. But if you end up going into a trial, the judge is going to be pretty cookie-cuttery about who gets what or what happens on yes. using the example of Christmas. Um, so, so what you're trying to say here is, mum, you've got the advantage if you're not going to go to trial, if you're trying to sort this out outside of court to really have tailored parenting agreement or consent orders that really fit your family because not any, every family is different. Every family is yes. completely different. And, and the same with property, I guess. Everybody's lives are different. Absolutely. And so, um, I always, think if you're going to a judge particularly about the kids it's either it's some mm. bloke you don't know telling you to what to do with your mm-hmm. children and they've never clapped eyes on the kids or some woman that you don't know just you know they don't mm. know they don't understand yeah. so so you guys can if you can workshop the solutions you can put anything really in a parenting plan as long as it suits both of you um, and if you do do, okay. so, so that's where you can come up with some weird solutions. Like you, they might, um, have, uh, one parent really wants to take the child to some extracurricular activity every week, even when the child's at the other, well, you might be able to make an arrangement that that can happen. Um, with property, mm. uh, you might, uh, agree that, um, he can or she can fix up the car. And sell it and the proceeds mm-hmm. be divided, whereas a court will take the property as they find it. So, so if you're mm-hmm. doing an agreement that isn't a court order, so either a financial agreement mm-hmm. or a parenting agreement, you can put things in there that you couldn't get in court. So, uh, really put okay. your thinking caps on and try the solutions. If you've got someone who's a bit fiery on the other side, some of the solutions you're putting up might sound crazy to them. So I think mm. I call it I, getting my Irish on. I've come up with some Irish solutions. So you're a little bit self-deprecating. You write, put to them and say, look, I know this might sound crazy, but what if we do this? You know, how's this mm. suit you? Mm. Mm. And as, I guess as long as you come up with an agreement that can be followed, it's clear, it makes sense to you and your co-parent or you and your ex for your, for your property, as long as it's clear and it makes sense, then, and if it works and it gets a solution and keeps you out of court, then mm. brilliant. Um, so workshopping mm. those solutions really, mum, is getting your head yes. out of the box and trying yep. something new. And yeah. then, of course, step five is to document it. Okay, and that sounds that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> write it down. So when you say document, write, write it, it down. down. Okay. So our listeners, they've gone through, they've identified the issues, they've compared the positions, they've come up with the solutions, they've found the reasons why you haven't been able to come up with solutions, they've worked up so- workshop solutions, and then they're going to write it down. Now, again, like we've talked about, Mum, uh, there's there's different yes. ways. So a parenting yep. plan. It- and a parenting agreement isn't in a court system. Is that correct? Would you like us to take away the overwhelm of the divorce process and give you the step-by-step guide on what to do at each part of the process and show you how to do it? 
even giving you the correct wording and legal templates that you can use for your property or parenting agreement? Would you like us to show you how to do your own negotiations and mediations and keep it out of court? Well, then you're invited to the DIY Divorce Blueprint. It is the only training of its kind that shows you exactly how you can do your own divorce, property and children's settlements, mediations and negotiations so that you can finally move on with your life without having to spend thousands of dollars on lawyers and years in limbo. Go to www.com thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll to find out more today. Join us now. There's different ways. So a parenting plan and a parenting agreement is That's right. A, a parenting system, plan is, is a correct? parenting agreement and you can put all sorts yes. of things in a parenting plan as long as you both sign it and date it. It's a, um, it's a document you both follow. It's not enforceable mm-hmm. in court. However, if someone did go to court, they would have to explain to the judge why the parenting plan that they agreed to, you know, back when everyone was friendly, is no longer appropriate and why they want to take a person mm. to court. The court would be pretty harsh with them for for moving yeah. from the parenting plan unless it completely is unworkable or something's really dramatically changed uh, in the meantime. Right. Like a... Someone's so got really comes- sick or someone's moved or something like that. Yes. So if we've got a listener on the parenting side, and we'll talk about property in a moment, they've got to write it down. Um, if it's just a plan, I guess it doesn't need to have the right no. legal wording or anything like that. If people are a little bit nervous and they're like, great, we've got a parenting plan, but I'm a little bit worried that if I get a boyfriend or a girlfriend or if something happens in the future and my ex gets angry, that this is all going to go out the window um, and they might think about, okay, maybe we'll file it in court as a consent order. That's right. That's a good Um, idea. That's when the wording wording matters. matters. You need to um, know what proper words to say. So your parenting plan would typically say um, uh, Sheila and Alan agree that Wayne, the child, (laughs) Wayne will live, you know, uh, six days a fortnight at at Sheila's place and eight days a fortnight at at, um Alan's place that you can put that and we agree that um, he's going to continue his clarinet playing but in an order it would be um, it, the court orders have to be made in a way that is enforceable so the the difference okay. is we agree that that Wayne's going to live you know between our houses you can't enforce that so the court would make it that that the child like Wayne her full name date of birth shall reside one day with you know, six days with this and, mm-hmm. and it's enforceable mm-hmm. then. So you need to either, you need to go and see a lawyer. And again, it's general advice only or, or use our course where we've put some of those terms down. Well, we've yeah. created because a template you, for you where you can That's right. It because all if in. you just put a yeah. parenting plan, oh, we, uh, we agree Wayne yeah. is going to continue clarinet, for instance, that the, the judge won't make that order. So remember, you don't go near a court if a parenting with a parenting plan. That's just between you as parents, and it, it's the guiding yeah. light, and it's an honor agreement, really. If it goes to court, you can't just whack the parenting plan, attach it to an application for consent orders, because um, usually the judge, but well, the registrar will say, "Well, these orders aren't enforceable. I can't make them," and sent and yes. reject them. Yeah. 
Now, just in case nobody's ever listened to this <laughs> podcast before and this is the welcome first episode you've ever listened to. Yeah, welcome. Okay, there is an episode called The 12 Agreements where we talk you through the 12 things that we think are important mm-hmm. in a parenting agreement or parenting plan. Go and listen to that. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, but also, just to explain, if you do have a parenting plan and you put it into court ordery words and then file it as a consent order, even though it's going into the court, it doesn't mean you go to a trial. It doesn't mean you stand in front of a judge. It's literally just uploading it into a court yep. portal and then sending it back with yep. a little red stamp on it. And in our DIY divorce blueprint, we talk you through how to do that so you avoid mm. court, but you do pu- you can put your parenting agreement formally into the court system so that it becomes court orders and nobody can be silly later if someone gets a boyfriend or amicable goes Mm. wrong. Um, So that's just a little bit of an explanation. So, yes, a judge will look at your parenting plan if you put it in as a consent order, but you don't stand there in front of a judge. The registrar will look at it and say appropriate. And that's right. It just goes across the registrar's desk and they read it and um, they work out if it's suitable for the children or not, if it's a parenting, for the parenting plan. And then if it's okay, they'll get a stamp on it. You, they'll send it back or let you know that they've been uploaded as orders with a court stamp, a court seal. And they have the same force and effect as if you'd had a year long fight and a three day trial. They are orders. Yeah. Except. Except. In- much, much cheaper. cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Much, much cheaper and way less yeah. grey hair at the end so of it. So this is general advice wrinkles. only, of course. But once you've drafted it of up, course. Um, even in our course, we say draft it up and then just get a lawyer to run their eye over it to make sure just you haven't them to put check. something in you didn't right. mean to. So imagine our listeners, some of them might be going through their property. So how do we document a property or financial uh, agreement? This is trickier. You can do an agreement for property uh, that doesn't go before the court. It completely outs the mm-hmm. jurisdiction of the court. But because property orders are absolutely, um, absolutely um, uh, final, okay, um, mm. you can't change them, uh, then the court um, has really strict requirements for using the, um, the, for doing up a financial agreement. And it really has to be done by lawyers. You can't do that yourself. Um, and it has to, you have to have a lawyer give you a certificate of advice before you sign it. Um, but what it does mm. do is says, this is it pretty well forever. Um, and, and, uh, we don't need to go to court. The other way, that's, so that's financial that's agreement. That's financial yes. agreement. And then the, the other, other way, way. Uh, that goes to court is a consent order, much like the children's one. So you, you fill in the application, both of you, you put in the orders that you want and say to the court, here's mm-hmm. an application for property settlement. Please sort out our property settlement. Oh, and by the way, attached to it, here are the orders we want you to, m- to make. And the registrar in their office will look through and see if it's reasonable, fair and reasonable, does it follow the, the law? Um, and if it does, they will do the stamp and it's a binding document. The difference with the fi- financial agreement, and this is, um, 
this is beyond, like people can't do this one themselves. It's not like a parenting plan. But with a financial agreement, you can do all of the interesting, tricky things that you can't do um, in a consent order. Um, for instance, you can um, make orders with someone else. You can have a third party involved or like if someone's lent money or something, you can reach agreement and put them in it. But that's mm. for another day. They're very expensive documents but much cheaper than going to court Uh but, yes, okay. I, I would say if your orders are ones that the court would find fair, just and equitable, then mm-hmm. I pr- suggest a consent order. Um, if the Okay. Yeah. And and we talk you through how to do the property mm. consent orders as well in we the do. DOI divorce blueprint. So mum's got wording there that you can plug in and, and swap around and we talk you through how to sort it out because property is a completely different kettle of fish in the way of what what is legally fair etc so we do talk you through that mm-hmm. in the course if you're interested um, and you can go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on the diy divorce yep. blueprint info I to find hear out us more. so okay for hours and hours help you through <laughs> yes mum can talk <laughs> you through all the worksheets that we do just to get your orders mm. sorted now so mum so we've got these steps you've got identify the issue, comparing your positions, finding the common reason or the reason why people can't budge from getting a solution, and then four, workshopping those solutions and then documenting. documenting. Now, step five is documenting. I'm really bad (laughs) with numbers today. Um, So we always talk about the divorce course personality prism, and that is those four personality types that we come across all the time and that's amicable high conflict manipulative controlling and avoidant and they are all different uh so let's just quickly top uh, we've i'm mindful of the time um so with amicable when you are going through this negotiations Hmm. and using these five steps i guess there's no real need to talk well, about it too much. Yes, generally no? um, I've been caught before on a mediation oh, this should be easy, they get along really well but there might mm. be one point that they need to, to really work on and use these strategies but if you've got, a, when you get mm. agreement my advice would be to document it quickly while it's still amicable <laughs> before yeah. before yeah. something flares up. And not up. just write it get up Get the orders get, made or get, get it signed it. whatever get you need signed. to do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, because there are so many people. Our, our podcast episode called When Amicable mm. Goes Wrong, uh, which we decided to do because we had a lot of people writing yeah. in saying that's what had happened. It's actually one of our most yep. popular episodes we've ever done. So I'll put mm. that in the show notes as well. Just to be mindful, yes, you might be amicable. Everything might be going well now, but it may change. So it's if, better to if, get this kind you, of negotiation yeah, done. If you get a new partner, if yeah. they get a new partner, if the person on the other mm. side's only being amicable because they hope you'll come back, um, you mm. know. Mm. Or if you think it's amicable and then you realise it's actually coercive mm. control. So there's lots of different types of uh, amicable goes wrong. So definitely go listen to that yes. episode if you think that you're amicable, which is great if you are. Okay, so high conflict, Mum. When you're going through the five steps of negotiating an agreement with high mm. conflict, is there any tips or anything you keep in mind? Uh, okay. When talking if you've about had that. a high conflict marriage and your partner is quite high conflict, you are probably sick to death of giving in, but don't stop now. Mm. Um, there might be some points that you might have to cut your losses if you want to avoid court. Um, I think I wouldn't give in to them too quickly in case they then find something else to argue about. So um, I don't know if you'll understand this analogy, but it's kind of like a ratchet, you know, if you're if you're using a ratchet. 
whenever there's anything agreed between you both, you know, in that middle ground where you've got your issues, you find an agreement, write that down and get him to initial or her to initial it or send it back by email and then take that off the table so there's no going backwards so that gradually Ah. you are negotiating points, taking them off the table until you're down to the last one or two um, before they know it. Mm. And if they're really enjoying the fight, um, you you will have sort of stymied them really by getting all of the agreements Mm. and they'll have to explain themselves. I think that's probably the biggest tip I can say. Yeah, and I guess um, if you are going through the court system, I think that's the beauty of interim orders or going to mediation first and signing an agreement after mediation. So you've got some things agreed upon and then you might be fighting over other things and then um, you might agree on some more things and you have interim Mm. orders. And then I have seen where people have just blown up and gone, I don't agree to anything anymore. I'm taking everything off the table. It's too late. The interim orders already exist. You can't really go back. So it is like as um, someone described it to me once as having a fish yeah, on a and hook just and, and reeling <laughs> yeah. them in. And it might take, you know, a fair few months or a fair few years, but eventually whether they like They'll it or not, in. it will come to an end and that fishy will come in. <laughs> you, and are you, so nice right. yeah, um, you are so right. Yeah, you are so right. So, okay, so that's, that's mm. high conflict. Uh, what about manipulative and controlling mm. when it comes to negotiations? Not, not everyone recognises manipulative and controlling until they get a bit blatant. So, um, but if you're onto them, this is not the time to call them out. I know why you want them. That's just because they were a wedding present from my deceased grandma. Um, this, this isn't the time to call them out. Just be aware of it, uh, but don't get into the arguments. Keep your I think you keep your space, you keep your boundaries uh, so that their nonsense doesn't work, uh, but keep coming back with more um, what what is something realistic. Like try and see beneath the reason, look for the reason why they're doing these things and then see if you can address that reason. Um, and it might be that, it, that a, a manipulative and controlling person is trying to um, do consent orders for children that have them in your face all the time. So you need to make sure that doesn't, that there's not a lot of scope for bargaining and, and intrusion later on. So just, yeah, in, in your, your future, future life. Yeah. life yes. And I guess be mindful if you've got any mm. triggers uh, and they know what they are, if they're trying to, you know, make you upset or if they know what it is that you want in property maybe so they'll start fighting for it or they might have little digs at you in negotiation letters. Have a look at it and, and, and try and maybe move the digs out, ignore the digs and just, you know what, I've You've got to go through this process. You've got to do the negotiations. Ignore all the digs. Ignore mm-hmm. all the all the manipulation. Just focus on the facts and, and, yep. and try and get to that agreement. And I think step three and step two are perfect yes. for you. Just compare the positions and just keep it clinical yeah. and and don't engage. And it's they'll, right. They'll it's find a business it fun, negotiation, um, and, and eventually mm-hmm. it will end. So keep your eye on the exit. <laughs> And um, and yeah. sometimes if you've been in a manipulative and controlling relationship, the last thing you want to do, sorry, is agree to anything that they say, especially when it's unreasonable and realis- unrealistic. If you're in a mediation, I dob on them. I, I tell the mediator, mm. hey, my client says he just said that because that's where the dog's buried. <laughs> mm. 
Oh, geez. Well, I think, you know, that's mm. important to note, you know, that it's, it's, it's just to get you to the end and be careful that whatever you do agree on is, that is livable. That then, like you said, mum, they're not going to be in your face every five seconds or you're not going to be, um, constantly having to report to them yes. or, um, this kind of keeping them entwined mm. in your ball no. of yarn. You want to get them out, out and- set the boundaries, make sure you're, plan is a good and, and we're better boundary. at that these days and realizing that so for yes. years for instance for school um they would make mm. one parent give the other parent copies of the report cards and the school photos and that now they just say that the school is authorized to send it to both each party and it just kind of works doesn't it uh, better so you're just yes. cutting that yes so, cutting that um Yes, and make sure you've got times, specific times, specific places, specific days for handovers and changeovers so you're not then still negotiating five years from now, okay, what time do you want to do handover? You want to just have all of that in that order so or the plan so that you don't need to continue. Don't let it take up in your headspace. Also with property, I meant to say, um, the Section 81 of the Family Law Act requires the court to make orders that – finalise the financial relationship between you both. So, so often a manipulative Mm. and controlling person uh, might want to continue the business and just give you some money each week or or find you Mm. somewhere to live and they'll pay the rent out of of their wages, all of that. No, you need to be um, have those ties cut um, because I find Mm. uh, that that is another way of controlling someone um, is to – what I call good boy, bad boy, or good girl, bad girl. Girl, If you're a good girl, I'll send you your payment on time. If you're a bad girl, I won't make mm. you a rent payment this week. Just, you know, that's just mm. d- take away their power. Yes. And then the last one, mum, is amicable, uh, not amicable, mm. avoidant, which is tricky in a negotiation. It's really hard to negotiate with someone who doesn't want to yes. talk about anything. Yes. So any tips in um, avoidant? Sometimes too, uh, Rose, yes, with avoidant, check that you're not avoidant. There might be something, mm, yes. there might be some issues you just, I'm not going there, you know, and you might not be able to face. Mm. So work on yourself as well. But with an avoidant person, I think sometimes there is, they're in denial about the breakup of the relationship or they uh, maybe have some sort of um, depression or something at the situation or maybe or, or permanent depression, like mm. ma- major depression. So whatever it is, we can work around them. You do all the work pretty well. You send the options. You send them the the. so when you're doing the issues, you write down what you think the issues are and say, here, I, I thought I'd have a go at writing down what the issues are. Um, what do you reckon? Do, they, do you have any you want to add? If you don't, um, I'll work as though these are the only things we're still in dispute about and uh, I'll send you the copy of the agreement for the other, other issues which we seem to be in agreement about. So you kind of, you're driving this bus, okay? You give them time mm. frames. Mm. Don't force them to respond. And for God's sake, don't send them any complicated documents to fill in. Oh, you know, um, the consent order application, which we must do a a, a, a um YouTube on Laura filling out the application. Mm. It can be quite daunting if you're avoidant, if if or if your ex is avoidant, and it'll just sit there. They won't even open the envelope, or they won't open the attachment for ages. So, just so you know, we have done a how to fill in the consent orders application in oh, our DIY yes, blueprint, Mum. Long time ago. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I forgot about yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. So, so they, you mm. really probably need to fill in both sides. 
um, his side and your side mm. or her side and your side and then send it to her and say, look, um, I know you're busy. Um, I've done my side. I've had a go at filling in your side. If there's anything wrong, I've sent it in a word form. You can change it. That's kind of just, yeah. Yeah. And they, they used to call them like guillotine arrangements. So if you don't do anything, then this happens. If you don't do anything, then I'll do this and do it in a kind way, but gradually reeling Mm. that fish in. Mm. And I guess, again, um, we've done an episode on how to divorce a mm. statue. So if you are going through uh, trying to negotiate issues and your your ex has either disappeared or just doesn't talk to you or has ghosted you or is literally just a stonewall, then um, go and listen to that episode. I'll put that in mm-hmm. the show notes, how to divorce a statue, and that will help you with this situation. Okay. Now, Thank you, Mum, for your time. I think I think we've really covered identifying the issues, compare your positions, find the reason if you're stuck, workshop the solutions, and then definitely document. Don't get all this work done and then forget to document it because then there's nothing you can. And know, don't be from. avoidant so about think, documenting it. <laughs> get it down in yes, writing. Yeah, and look, it does seem sometimes like a daunting process, uh, but Mum and I have managed to explain mm. it pretty simply in basic step by steps. If you'd like to do the DIY divorce blueprint, uh, go to the website www.thedivorcecourse.com.au. Click on the link for blueprint information, and we literally talk you through each step, how to write the wording, how to plug it in. And then we also show you how to fill in the application form to file it as a consent, how to use the court portal. All of that information is there for you if you just don't know where to go from there. But I think if you can get the negotiation part done yourself, um, even though we also have a yeah. guide for you in that, I think if you're listening today and if you start this these steps you're going to save yourself a heck of a lot of money ending up in court or using lawyers who are going to do they the are. same thing and, anyway. and your future self yeah. will will thank you. And just imagine how you'll feel mm. waking up one morning, put your feet on the floor, and it's not the first thing that you worry about is the property settlement. Yes. Wouldn't, Wouldn't that, that be, nice? be great? Yes, okay. yes. And that's actually the next episode we're going to be doing is uh, Are You Stuck in Divorce I'm Limbo? To that. And we're going to talk about the the things you can do to get out of it. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned for our next episode. And again, thank you, Mum, so much for giving us your wonderful wisdom. Lovely to see you, Laura. Bye, everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lim would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.